for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hello, this is Jason Dupree. And I'm Anna Landry. And this is OCR Talk episode number 42. 42. It has been some time. It's been a while, huh? What, a couple months? Three? Four? Since after Toughest South. Since Toughest South. I have raced Savage Race since then. Mm -hmm. Uh, OCR Worlds has happened since then. Oh, yeah, UK version. (laughs) I was like, wait, I was thinking Noram. (laughs) Oh yeah, <laughs> toughest, uh, toughest West just happened this past weekend. Mm-hmm. World's uh, Tough Mudder has coming out with like a crap ton of news on World's Toughest. Yep. When did was Tahoe before Toughest or after? Tahoe was after after Toughest. Yeah, so even even Tahoe's happened since then. I mean, a ton I mean, of stuff has happened. Just a whole whirlwind of happenings happening. We we have just been where have we been? Um you you start. Where <laughs> where have you been? Why have you not recorded an episode, Anna, and gotten it out for the listeners? I cannot even believe that much time has passed. <laughs> I'm sitting here Does it feel like it? <laughs> no, it hasn't. I'm sitting here just like trying to remember where the whole month of October went because next week is <laughs> Halloween and yeah, that's crazy. Um, but I was sa- signed up for Savage Race because I had a code from whenever it got flooded and I had signed up for the same Dallas race right. that you did, but I had to give up my code and I gave it to Kevin because I didn't want it to go to waste. So um yeah and I, yeah. I believe from uh the experience that i had and racing some with kevin he enjoyed himself had awesome. a good time so it was, uh, went to good use awesome kevin actually hadn't really uh he's been c- focusing on school for a good solid year and it, he really hasn't raced a ton so he was really excited to get back out there and do some of that yeah that's awesome i know kevin harkins that is yeah i know he's been busy with school stuff he's always posting about like his classes and all that good stuff that he's been involved with. So code to good use. Yeah. I, on the other hand, had my kids run the second day awesome. and I forgot to use the code for Layla oh, that she had, had for last year. So I paid for her again. Awesome. So <laughs> what else? What else has been going on? I know you were going to run Ragnar. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to run Ragnar and then my daughter had a crazy skateboarding accident because she just started skateboarding <laughs> and um, she was at the skate park with her friends and trying to show off a little bit and I got a phone call later on from her friend saying that she broke her arm. So um, did they send a picture in the, yeah, well, no, that, that picture was from whenever, um, I first got to the emergency room because I was across town whenever it happened. She was hanging so out her friends her. called you, but they didn't, yeah, her friends didn't send you a picture of it. No, her friends were like freaked out. I think that it happened. 
<laughs> because um, whenever she fell, she um, she screamed for her friend, and she was like, "I think I broke my arm." <laughs> and and her and her friend. Did she was look like, at it before? She- <laughs> yeah, she was looking at it. She's like, "I think I broke my arm." And her friend was on the other side of the skate park and was just laughing it off, like, "Haha, what'd you do?" Oh. And then as soon mm-hmm. as she saw. <laughs> My daughter's arm looked like a question mark. <laughs> she was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So <laughs> so she called, yeah, her friends called her an ambulance and then called me. <laughs> so that's always a phone call you want to get in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> I relate to this very well because the same happened to me. Yeah. I had been skating for about six months, uh, caught my arm on the edge of a box as I was falling, did yeah. the basically the exact same thing as hers. Yep. And when well, I was at a neighbor's and we, they took me over to my parents' work and my mom, you know, this is late nineties. So no, we may have called, maybe not. We probably just drove right over there. Yeah. And I held my arm up inside the car <laughs> and she could see, and just that look on her face, like, Oh God. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, my daughter was so delirious with pain whenever it happened Whenever I first got to the ER, they they couldn't give her any pain meds because her she's teeny tiny and her blood pressure runs low mm. and they were scared to give her pain meds oh. and all this other stuff. And so she was so delirious from the pain and she was crying whenever I got there. And she said she told on herself a little bit. She was like, I called the ambulance guy a B word because <laughs> and I told him not to tell you. <laughs> because apparently he was trying to he was trying to start her iv in the back of the ambulance and give her fluids and everything and he dropped a bag of fluids on her arm oh (laughs) yeah exactly i was like so did it look better or worse after he dropped (laughs) so yeah did it fix it (laughs) (laughs) apparently not so yeah, she had she had gotten it in a cast um, in the ER that night, and um, our first follow up appointment. Whenever we got it X rayed again, the orthopedist was like, "Yeah, we've got to do surgery on it because it's not healing right. And if it heals, if it heals improperly, then she'll lose like all internal rotation of her forearm and all this other stuff." So, mm-hmm. did she get surgery, any plates or anything? Or oh yeah. yeah, yeah, she got plates on both of her bones. Um, both the radio, the radius and the ulnar bone. So she's, we're going to get her in a splint this Friday so she can look at the incisions, but she's got two pretty, pretty long incisions on both sides of her forearm. So they're probably exactly the same as mine, to be honest. Probably so. (laughs) Probably (laughs) so. Yep. I was like, well, you'll always be able to feel the cold coming. (laughs) (laughs) So to you and to other parents, concerned parents, <laughs> I like I said, I broke mine after six months of skateboarding when I was 13, and I hadn't broken a bone since, and I'm 37 <laughs> now. So I <laughs> skated, you know, <laughs> I still skate sometimes. Uh, I skated for a long time and have done much, much crazier stuff on the board and have never broken anything yeah. else. So. I keep telling her she needs to just take up running with me, but she's like, but you go falling off the trail. I'm like, well, you know, so what? I I know somebody who broke their arms walking down the sidewalk. I mean, it happens. Yeah, it happens. It happens. (laughs) So she's not completely convinced she's going to go back to skateboarding, but she doesn't. (laughs) She's she's like has that mindset right now that she doesn't want it to be want that to be the reason that she doesn't try. 
mm. to like do new things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So for like, sure. That's a good, that's a good outlook, you know? Yeah. It's a good lesson and, from all this. And it's hard. It's hard getting that, that fear, uh, from yeah. the reality of what you experience and right. getting past that and looking past that and still going on to new things. It's hard. Yeah. But that's yep. good. It's awesome that she's uh, looking that that direction. Definitely. It was just like having a newborn all over again <laughs> that <laughs> night of surgery. And like, cause the pain was just an issue, but yeah, it was, it was all, it was all better. Good. Good. She's, she's back at school now and all. During all that was when the Ragnar race was supposed to be, but yes. she had to go get <laughs> surgery during, during that time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I had to miss. And and plus, like, I just, you know, I, I really just wanted to be there for her, you know. Yeah. And, um, but they did awesome at Ragnar. They did, I think they did, um, they got second place. Oh, wow. Out of, yeah. So, um, I think they, they raced in the open category. So, congrats to them. I wish Very I could have cool. been there. It looked like a whole bunch of fun. The weather looked like it was perfect. Oh, man. That must have been nice. I know. Now, we've talked about doing Ragnar in Colorado next year. Yes. And isn't it like in the summer or something? Yeah, it's like in June, I think, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, which whenever I moved here in July, I mean, it was still pretty nice. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be really cool. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, so I had Savage Race one of those weekends that we've missed here. And... <laughs> It was actually, I raced the first day and uh, did did okay. Made it through all the obstacles fine. Uh, didn't necessarily run my best, but it was all right. Uh, the second day brought the kids out. And in the past, I've always gone and had April and the kids come out with me or right behind me. And then they're waiting for me to finish. And then I run with them. And then I go back out and do another lap and they leave on their own. Here, we brought them out the second day. And so I wasn't racing. So it was just let's go run with them and then and then head home. So it was really nice not having to put them in that position for the first day that I was out there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, running multiple laps and whatnot. And we ran the second day. It was Declan's first race. Layla's, I don't know, like 10th or 11th race. So it was pretty cool getting to see uh, how they how they did that together because she stayed with us and we did all the obstacles together. She you know, for the first time that I can like really look at it and see she had no need for any help at all, which is awesome. That's awesome. And Declan, you know, his first time, he he did need help, but really I think it was just more because he was a little nervous and probably more because of the crowd and the people. Like the kid will climb on anything, give him <laughs> give him the chance. But here it was like, go climb over that wall. And he's like a little hesitant about it. And I really yeah. think it was just the people. So, you know, once he gets used to it, I can imagine him just really going nuts with it getting after it yeah yeah well let's so much so much to talk about here so much stuff I, i've rearranged a few things and I, now i'm trying to decide where i want to start <laughs> <laughs> since i guess our last event that we talked about was toughest let's uh follow up with that because they did come back and say that the you know they they rearranged the contender status qualification uh, amount of laps or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think for the most part, uh, you know, Tough Mudder was pretty upfront about it. They've had some good interviews with Will Hicks and I forget who else interviewed him, but um, 
they were they were very upfront about their mistake and just the issues and i had no problem giving them the benefit of the doubt with this even though it was a detriment to me uh, because i as far as i can i can tell this is the, really like the first time we've seen this happen in a toughest like all the world's toughest that they've had and all the toughest mm-hmm. that they've had everything's been right on the mark so right you know mistakes happen it's understandable they did uh, best they could to to make it up to everybody you know yeah, and I think they did a really good job responding very quickly and um, even like get, getting the contender emails. Like it, it really didn't take very long to get my contender email. Um, it came Stop whenever he said it. it. In, you know. Huh? Stop. <laughs> Stop <rubbing>. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding. Congratulations. Keep going. <laughs> but, um, but it, you know, it came when it said he, he they would send them out and they st- they've stuck to their word and – They've really done a really good job this year about, you know, making it all an experience for the racers and just making it all about um, improving the experience. Um, I even noticed after the Toughest West event, he had posted maybe in the WTM group, uh, Kyle had posted um, asking for feedback about the event, like what we what people liked, what they didn't like, what they Mm -hmm. would have liked to have seen. Things like that. So I think they've done a really good job, like just responding to everybody's feedback. Yeah, I agree. There is a lot of really cool stuff. And I I actually put some of the WTM stuff towards the end. And I know this stuff has been talked about for a while now, but that's kind of like just the next thing up for us. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk more about it towards the end of the episode. First, unless there's any anything else, Tough Mudder, you want to say before we do. That's it. Uh, <clears throat> while talking toughest, toughest 2020 that they have announced already, I'll, I'll say this real quick, that 2020, they're only going to be three toughest in the U.S. And I think there's going to be one overseas, if not two as well. Oh, yeah. But, over in the U.K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was a little sad to see that there's not going to be a toughest self next year. Yeah. So... There's no toughest central either, so it doesn't really affect. I mean, it affects you as well, I guess. Yeah. So we're looking at, you know, which one probably is closest, or which one will Mike and Caitlin go to? Probably will be the <laughs> one I end up choosing to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So it it more more than anything, it just seems like they're consolidating and figuring out, you know, which markets work best, and yeah, you know, they, they are putting a lot of effort into what they're doing. And yeah. WTM, a, a fantastic event. And these toughest for the small crowd that they have, they're still putting a lot into them. And it, it's definitely it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, they, they are putting a lot of effort into the events with the numbers definitely not being anywhere near what their main events pull in. Because um, I think there was maybe only like, what, 400 for Toughest West um, mm-hmm. as far as participants go. And there was maybe like a little under 300 for Toughest South. So I I got to say, I can't really blame them for kind of consolidating their endurance events because mm-hmm. I'm sure those are logistically a lot more expensive to put on because you're having to go throughout the night and then still put on an event the next day. So you just got to kind of see what market you're going to do better in. But I really yeah. think... If you if you did have one in at least one closer to the south, I really think you'd pull in the numbers, even if you only had, you know, a a small number of toughest events next year. I don't know. I mean, 
they didn't really this year and there and there was what only four this year in yeah. the u.s so hmm. Uh, I guess more than anything, I, I think it's just awesome to see that the company that we were kind of worried about for a minute yeah. there is <laughs> really still putting in good effort towards making their events even better and providing, uh, you know, what the what the clientele want and hope for. Yeah, definitely. Toughest overseas, toughest in Europe, toughest elite, not tough mutter toughest. They actually... I feel sad that I don't see more about their stuff and I have to look this up to to see it because we really, you know, as much time as I spend in the OCR Discord, it seems like there are a lot of uh, Europeaners in there, but it seems like we're still a little out of touch with what's going on in the OCR scene in in overseas anywhere, really. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I have seen and loved to see that Toughest has gone to a full mandatory completion race this year i don't know how it's gone for them i haven't seen any results or unfortunately not not, no really any videos or anything but it's cool because they were a very unique race in the fact that they had multiple lanes and if you failed you might have to do a penalty loop but if you didn't do the fast lane you would still have to do a another obstacle right after the obstacle like a like a rig, then you would do a low crawl, something mm-hmm. like that. And if you did the fast lane, you would pass it. But if you failed the fast lane, you had to take the penalty. But if you, I think if you failed the normal lane, you could retry it. But now it's just straight up. If you try the fast lane, you can still retry. You just got to, you know, get in the queue. And I, th- I think they do have penalty loops, but they're only for like the open waivers. Yeah. And that, that race has always been more of like a more catering to more competitive, um, more competitive OCR athletes. I, I, guess. I mean, maybe, but really, I think the truth is that we don't know what it's like from the open waiver experience over there because I've never heard or talked to anybody that's done it. That's done. But as way. far as I know, I mean, it's no different than like Spartan. Like you've got the big elites, and mm-hmm. honestly, their elite crowds are way smaller. Yeah, but. They've got a cool qualifying system where, you know, you you have to run in the basically like think of Spartan age group. You got to run in the elite qualifier wave Mm -hmm. and you actually have to qualify to get into that wave, too, which is really cool. Which is kind Um, of the way Spartan is moving now. Right. Still not, you know, you don't have to qualify to get into age group, but uh, they are they are definitely they we do have qualifications for next year and even though I don't have a contender status for <laughs> world's toughest, I can qualify for, I did qualify for to run elite next year at, uh, at a Spartan Spartan San Antonio on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so you group. qualify for like that specific race? No, for, for, for the year. Like if you, oh, okay. like I, I take so it if I, year. yeah, if I put in my qualification, <laughs> which you do have to, uh, apply and put in a, a application fee. And as long as you match one of the criteria that they have, then, then you get it. Yeah. Uh, so I might do it just to do it, you know, 30 bucks to say that I can run elite. And as I heard somebody else say, if age group gets crazy this next year and it fills mm-hmm. up and I don't sign up soon enough, then I can hop in elite just to, to run, you know? So huh. have that, that option open to me would be nice. Well, yep. 
I didn't run a sport in this year, so I guess I'm going to be stuck in the age group or the open weights next year if I decide yeah. to do one. <laughs> I believe that if, let's, let's just say you ran one earlier in the year and you mm-hmm. got fifth in your age group, I think that would, like, you could you could qualify right after that and then probably run the next race if you wanted to as a lead. Yeah. I think that's how it works. I'm not sure. Anyways. So good job to toughest sit going mandatory completion. I would love to hear from somebody over there's perspective to hear how, how it's going, if they are yeah. enjoying that or not. I'd just like to hear more about those events in general. Cause I mean, you're right. We really don't hear about much about anything that's going on across overseas. <laughs> Okay, well, while we're talking about that, one of the things that we've seen in in the past years is Toughest having some great coverage. Now they don't so much. They used to do live coverage, and then they got to where it was just like short recap videos, and it's just gotten less and less and less. I, I think OCR, uh, what is the name of that race? OCR race? OCR? OCR series. So OCR series is a pretty interesting one that seems like they've actually gotten better at their coverage. Like they've had some pretty legit, uh, I don't know if they've done live stream, but a little pretty legit broadcasts for like after the fact for sure. Mm -hmm. And they have, according to the website, they've got seven races and I guess this is for next year, seven races and then like a world final. So they'll have like eight races all together and you have a point series throughout the entire thing, which is pretty cool. So they've kind of, gone like the Spartan route, but they only have the national races or whatever, you know, in, in to, uh, in similarity to the way Spartan is set up, you know, you don't have 60 races, um, just simply the, uh, the national races and that's it. The designated like national championship races or whatever. Yeah. And, and looking at the website, it shows like the races are in like Germany and France and maybe, Maybe that's all I'm seeing. Maybe Spain. I'm not sure what the other flag is. But yeah, that, that's it. Uh, it. It seems like a cool series. And you don't really hear much about it. So, you know, you've got them and you've got Spartan with their whole live, co- live coverage thing. And it's been, I guess they're putting out a good quality thing, but it's not live anymore. So that's kind of sad in itself. Yeah, I watched the, um, I did get to, watch the race like the um tahoe race on youtube the next day and then i know i got the email whenever they were showing it on espn or something but yeah i didn't get to see that so i don't know how but i did watch the um the youtube feed and that was i mean it was pretty good it was pretty good i have to say commentary was pretty good um those poor, those poor rabbits that are having to run along the top contenders and like keep up with them. Yeah, <laughs> I would not. Yeah, want well, that they're job. but they're, they're ultra all, marathoners. So yeah, they're, definitely, they're, they're okay. So they're just like out for a jog. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but even uh, like I said, toughest is their their live feeds have not uh, have become non-existent as well. Mm-hmm. OCR World Championships had their own live feed. Mm-hmm as well as like everybody else that normally tries to, to live feed those big races. Yeah. But theirs was even, they at least had two different cameras that they were jumping back and forth between. Mm -hmm. And, but that was it. There was no, like there was no commentary over it. There was no graphics to just make it look flashy and nice and neat. Yeah. And 
this is kind of actually part of the reason why we haven't recorded in, more recently, because I have taken a good portion of my free time to test and work on this uh, because I see the need yeah. to find a way like thinking, you know, broad broadcast happens everywhere. Gamers do it like everybody yeah. does can broadcast a live stream. Like why has OCR not figured this out yet? So I've been looking into different platforms for doing this and actually in some testing has had some great results and uh, actually have a tip from Adrian Vigianata about another platform to use that I looked into. I just haven't looked in deep into it yet. So I think that's what they used at OCR Worlds. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to look into that one to find out basically what is the cost with all this stuff. I have a very low cost way. Like I said, I've done some testing, mm -hmm. a very low cost way to do this. And I can have, you know, people out in the field live streaming and pull in their live streams and put those side by side or jump back and forth between cameras and yeah. have, you know, if I've got information, I can pull in information and have graphics on the screen and all that good stuff. So we're, you know, we're working on it. I'm kind of talking with different people about doing this and seeing who, uh, you know, who all wants to be involved. But that's kind of something in the works that I, I would love to see whether I'm doing it or somebody else does it. I would love to see legit live streams at multiple races you know yeah. maybe spartan don't want us there because they do their own thing but <laughs> yeah. like maybe savage or yeah. uh toughest or you know you the tougher almost, weight you could almost even have people because i know terrain is an issue and <laughs> you know you don't you can't always oh, wait, wait. terrain race or no <laughs> 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 that's a whole nother issue <laughs> <laughs> terrain is an more, issue they've got more issues than vogue but so <laughs> um yeah so terrain is an issue and it, you could almost have people like set up in different zones of the course because i know yes. that it's not always you don't always have like the vehicle available or the people available to make it through like a really ruddy part of the course or something like that but you could almost have different people set up in like different zones of the course where they just kind of wait for the top people to go to come through. And then once they come through, they, you know, they go into the other person's zone, they hand off to the person that's doing a live stream on the other side or something like that. Right. And it can, it can easily jump back and forth between their cameras. And, and that's what I've really thought about a lot of the logistics like that. Like you can't really just leave it up to those people that are out there to, to get the best space spot and and figure it out yeah. like somebody has to coordinate the whole thing and if you've got a map and an understanding of the the space mm -hmm. you know if it's on a mountain like what's the best way to get up to here and stuff like that yeah. then yeah it doesn't take much two three four people uh, like for a big uh, uh you know like a 15k four people is more than enough probably to cover all of the good obstacles mm -hmm. and even catch some some trail running yeah so, and, and then on top of that to have, you know, commentary coming in or, uh, after the fact, you know, recap show after the fact, like there's so many options and possibilities with this that I think would be really cool that takes it away from what it is now where you've got to track down. Okay. Where is the live stream right now? Right. All right. That person ended theirs and they've continued somewhere else. Where is that live stream? Right. Like, that is a pain in the butt. Yeah. But if you can get one link 
and that's where everybody's going to, or as is available nowadays, you broadcast every freaking platform there is right. through one stream. Yeah. And, you know, that way everybody can see it. So that's something I'm working on. And I, I really hope to uh, help be able to help provide that for, for next year. That's awesome. Is there a, like a universal streaming thing where you can start streaming just on one platform and it automatically posts to like all your social media platforms? Yeah, there, there are different, there are some that do that. I've actually looked into one, the one I've used is called Restream and it basically, you, you, yeah, you're streaming to them and then it's going to all the other places that you set up within there. Nice. Now, the Broadcasting platform that I've used has a similar setup, just not as many, like it doesn't go to as many places. Mm -hmm. So, hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. Because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? I had a pretty good story that I shared about Layla uh, to a friend who had gone through something recently. And uh, I, I, I basically... Um, took the story, uh, something that happened with her and related it to just failure in life. And, and, and we were running at the time. So it was like, it just came out really well. Like, I don't know, my, my brain was, a uh, firing all, all cylinders, <laughs> I guess, but I, I did want to share it and I'll, I'll try to keep it brief, but just thinking about, you know, you, you go after something in life and you fail and it doesn't work out the way you want to. And how do you handle that? And, and really the, the reason I thought about this is because, uh, somebody told him, I'm glad to see that you have maturity about this. And, you know, the word maturity gets thrown around a lot. <laughs> and I, I always grew up feeling like people were telling me to be mature and that meaning that you had to get a job and be serious and do all that stuff. <laughs> and, I, and that's not it. Maturity is knowing when to be serious and when not to be serious. And when it comes to stuff like this, like how to handle failure, what to do with it afterwards. Maturity is something that, uh, you know, a, a child doesn't have yet. And it's understandable because they're children. So this is where it kind of ties in with what happened with Layla mm -hmm. and how I helped teach her how to deal with failure. She was brushing her teeth and had something, maybe her toothbrush or something. I don't know. <laughs> fell underneath the, uh, hopefully it wasn't her toothbrush, fell underneath <laughs> the, <laughs> the cabinet and she couldn't reach it. She got upset and sat on the floor and, and cried. And when I came to help her, I, you know, I, I asked her what was wrong and she couldn't get the thing. And she didn't, she probably didn't really try that very hard. So I, I told her, you know, you have to, you can't sit here and just cry about it because that's not going to do you any good. Like you're just, it's not going to get fixed. Mm -hmm. You have a, you have a problem that has a solution 
And if you sit here and cry and mope about it, then it's not going to fix. You're not going to fix it. But if you pick yourself up, calm down, take a step back, think about the problem, figure it out, you know, try something else, mm-hmm. try another solution. And so I got actually, you know, she, she eventually did. And I told her, look, I will help you, but you have to try. And so you, you try and figure this out. And if you still can't figure it out, you come help me and I will give you advice. And that's what she did. She tried, she couldn't get it. All she did was stick her arm under the thing, couldn't reach it, of course. And so when she came to me, I said, what did you try? And thinking about her problem, she said, I tried to stick my arm under it. And I was like, okay, did your arm reach? Why not? Because it's too thick or too, uh, not short, long enough. Okay, well, find something that is that long, something that matches the problem that you're having, you know. And, and she did. It took her a moment, but she finally saw the back scratcher that was staring her right in the face right in front of me <laughs> and uh and went and used that and got the thing um so no i just thought it was a really cool like i got to see lack of maturity and what what is required to to deal with failure in a very literal and real sense and you know obviously we can apply that to ourselves at any given day and every day things happen <laughs> What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Every day. every day. Every day. You've got a problem. There's a solution. You just got to find it. Absolutely. And that's, that's another part of it too is, um, I, and you know, whenever I was watching the news the other day, I, I saw something on the news about how they were saying, um, failure is the new success because there's so many more <laughs> there's so, but it's true because there's so many more lessons that you can learn from failing than you can from succeeding (laughs) because when you're when when you succeed it's like oh all my hard work paid off I did everything right and I succeeded and you just kind of walk away with that but then whenever you fail you're like you kind of go back to the drawing board and you're like okay what what could have I could I have done different you know and you start kind of um, analyzing everything um, that could have went wrong or that you could have improved and that's whenever the growth and the progress starts and you start to see little little improvements along the way and then you know you start to see all that hard work pay off um and yeah and to see that in kids since we both have kids <laughs> and just to see that in them like living it and just to see it from the outside looking in whenever we have to teach them things like that they're like so simple in our minds but <laughs> like they have to like process it differently in their little minds that are like still learning and everything. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's a great reminder for ourselves yeah. that sometimes you you can you know reaching out to somebody else when you need a hand mm-hmm. and you're not sure what the answer is and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, knowing <clears throat> when to ask for help for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'll put some uh, some sweet music to put over that. <laughs> Did we have an Enya moment? Did we have an Enya moment? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to use Enya anymore. Enya, Enya won't return my phone calls. No. <laughs> so yeah, the Spartan World Championships happened as well. That was a, I mean, that was a pretty fun race to watch. And man, what a that crazy weekend intense. they had. That was a super intense race to watch. <laughs> but yeah, it was a very crazy weekend. I remember two years ago whenever it was super, super cold. I mean, it wasn't snowing cold like it was for them, but it was really cold that they were shutting down. I think they had shut down the dunk wall. 
Yeah. And I, you know, the topic of discussion that came out of this the most, I think is, is saying, should they have done more to make it safer? And I think the over, the overall consensus is no, because they do, they did do plenty to keep it safe. You know, right. they had people, uh, medical out on the mountain. They did have their, uh, thoughts on how long can somebody be in the water and uh, versus how cold is it outside versus the water and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And at the same time, the people who were out there were the the elites mm-hmm. and the age groupers. Like they, they are the ones out there competing. Yeah. So overall, it does it have to be easier? No, because people complain when it's too easy. Right. So. <laughs> Although I don't think they would have gotten very many complaints if they had just shut down the swim. <laughs> Probably not. But probably, probably some. Well, that's the problem, though, is that they do. People, well, oh, people complain about everything. Well, too easy. <laughs> people are always going to yes. find something to complain about. I mean, you can't. That is a hard balance to. You really can't. Yeah, with. you really can't please everybody. But um, I feel like though the swim is just something that you see just at Tahoe, so it's like I don't know. Maybe they have it in West Virginia uh, yeah. too. I don't know. Yeah, I think they Glen do. Glen Rose have... had a great swim. Yeah. And they got rid of yeah, it. Yeah, they got rid of it. Yeah, and they had one in, in West Virginia, but um, yeah. Oh, did I it? think so. That's right, they did. I'm pretty sure they did. That was a pretty long one, too. Yeah, from what I heard, it was really long. But I remember that swim in Tahoe, like, it takes the breath out of you whenever you just jump in. Oh, because yeah. you can't just, like, gingerly get in the water. No, you just have to, like, just jump in. <laughs> <laughs> just rip off the Band-Aid It's, it's and just too jump cold in. to ease your way in. Yeah, it's, too cold. it's way too cold for that. You're going to be in the water way for way too long and just jump in. But it does take your breath away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I did it in 2015, and it was cold enough that by time I, like, not even by time, halfway through the swim, like, my hands and feet were, were getting numb. Mm-hmm. Like, they, it was dang cold. Yeah. And, you know, you, you get out. It's just it's just the transition from not being numb to being <laughs> numb. That period of getting numb hurts right <laughs> that's the hardest part like once it's numb it's fine yeah. but up till then it's like ouch this is painful in my my limb <laughs> i remember coming out of that swim and i'm like oh my gosh and the first thing you want to do you know is just to keep moving so you keep your heart rate up and you keep your body warm but then i'm like oh my god i'm gripping so much <laughs> Because I think they had a wall, like a six foot wall after that swim. And I'm like, as soon as I jumped over the wall, my calves, both my calves seized up on me. I'm like, oh my God, I've never had this before. <laughs> that was the last time, you know, when I first started racing, I we, we always did it as a group and mm-hmm. we kind of start and then like eventually be like, all right, man, I'll see you mm-hmm. and then take off whatever. Or, you know, one person leave. But that was Tahoe 2015 was the last time that I raced as a, as a group and I think I started running competitive after that because I was just tired of, uh, I, I didn't want to have a situation like that happen again. Cause I got st- stuck on the top of the mountain waiting for other people <laughs> and just getting way too cold. After Was that know. whenever you were huddled up with a group of guys and <laughs> y'all were all yeah, trying was. to keep each other warm <laughs> <laughs> on top of a mountain? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Good> yeah. Time. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, Dallas, Glen Rose had uh, the swim and it was a pretty lengthy one too. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing it before they had life jackets. Like I think they had a few mm-hmm. that if you wanted one, you could take <laughs> it. But I mean, we did that whole swim, 
you know, probably, I don't know, who knows what shoes we were wearing at the time, but Reeboks. Swam that whole <laughs> dang thing. I think they maybe had a rope cross that you could hang on to if you needed to. And then, of course, they did have like some uh, kayaks in the water. But man, I, I can understand with that many people going through mm-hmm. why they make it mandatory now yeah. to wear life jackets. Yeah, definitely. Because even the strongest swimmer can get a cramp and have issues. Right. Spartan, Spartan. What else is Spartan going on? So much. Oh yeah, they closed Ape Hangar through that through that too. I think they did not with the elites, but in the age group, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, yeah, they had so many issues. Yeah, I'm I'm really surprised because um, I you mentioned something about wetsuits, um, or maybe using wetsuits during that race. But I, I am kind of surprised. Like you have. Um, athletes like Ryan Atkins and Robert Killian and Alex Walker that have done like the toughest events or the world's toughest events that um, know that whenever your body gets cold and, you know, they put on their wetsuits and everything. I'm surprised that I don't know if it was they didn't know it was going to be that cold (laughs) or if they knew they were just, you know, running the 13 whatever miles and they could just get through the 13 miles without a wetsuit or well i think it's also the 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 little amount of water that you go through like when you do toughest you're in and out of water at probably at least four times per lap in you know so four times in five miles but in tahoe you're in water twice Mm -hmm. throughout 13 miles yeah so i think it's understandable but they they did things like you know have a dry sack with right. uh with that they could put their their jackets in and yeah stuff. like their wet clothes so, in yeah like next time let's say Glen Rose this weekend has the temperatures that we saw two two years ago I I think I would get a dry sack and, and bring it definitely just, uh, as a just in case yeah because that makes a big difference that was my last ultra I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the ultra this weekend. Mm-hmm. I pulled something in my leg on Monday, on t- yesterday. Oh, the tendonitis and that you were talking about? I don't know. Freaking, <laughs> it's like where your Achilles attaches to your calf is what it feels mm-hmm. like. So, like on I the just, inside of your ankle, normal, almost like right above that in, bony prominence, right in the back, right in the back, just below my calf. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So not not down by the ankle, but that same, you know, the same bone or not bone, the tendons there, the Achilles, mm-hmm. but higher up. I was just running just like normal, nothing, nothing crazy. And then it just started having a pain there. And then it got very quickly. It got to where it was like, oh, no, that's too, too painful. That's not Have right. Have you taken a lacrosse ball so, to it? I haven't. Um, I mean, I've, I've been stretching and, and trying to and rolling. work it that way, but it's there's something pulled it it's a weird situation like i can squat fine mm-hmm. i can walk around fine i can stretch it in any which way fine mm-hmm. no problem it's whenever i put pressure on it like i'm like you're running you're running yeah because i've been like working with pushing. this personal trainer at 24 hour fitness sorry miles um <laughs> <laughs> um but no she just she um she has me roll a lot and um Mm. gets like the lacrosse balls out and then she showed me this technique whenever I was rolling out because I get this weird thing whenever I do a lot of miles and I and I just get this weird like soreness behind my knee um because we're Mm. finding 
that um, I'm kind of unbalanced, especially whenever I get fatigued. Um, so I compensate and that's where that pain in my right, because it's just in my, my right knee. So whenever I rolled it yeah. out on a lacrosse, well, I started with the foam roller and then I had crossed my other leg so that it's on top of my right leg so that it applies a little more pressure whenever I'm rolling on the foam roller. Mm-hmm. And then I progressed to the lacrosse ball, which put a lot more pressure on it while I'm rolling it. Okay. And um, yeah, it helped a lot. It helped tremendously, actually. Okay. I, I think I may have like legitimately pulled something and not just have, have it's not, there's nothing popped or broken or anything. So have you Googled it? Uh, <laughs> I, I have, yeah. um, not really found anything yeah. useful as of yet, but I'm, I'm going to give it till, uh, I'm going to rest it and keep stretching it and stuff till Thursday. Try to probably try to try to run on it and see how it is on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, if I can't do a good four or five miles without it, uh, bothering me, um, that I'm not going to run this weekend. Yeah. You don't want to risk it this close so, to November. Yeah. Best to just rest it. Yep. It's unfortunate to not be able to get more training in through this time, but you know, that's, but really one of the things that anybody that's had an injury knows yeah. you gotta, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to make it worse. And we're less than 30 days out to WTM. Right. And the lady that, um, that I meet with every week, She's like, you're not really going to get any gains <laughs> this last month of training. So you're maybe going to have like maybe two more weeks of working out, solid working out before you start to taper. So, I mean, mm-hmm. really, you're not going to lose that much by missing a weekend yeah. and resting and, and, it and rolling it and doing what you need to like recover. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it yet, the OCR report, Will Hicks did an episode with Yancey Culp asking that oh, exact yeah. same question. What do you do for the month leading up to world's toughest motor? So they, they actually yeah. goes through some pretty like, what do you do 30 days out? What do you do two weeks yeah. out? What do you do a week out? What do you do the morning of? Like they go through the whole yeah. gamut of possibilities and uh, it's a good episode for sure. Yeah. I meant to listen to that this morning, but then I, I ended up listening to my friend David's podcast that he just started. <laughs> what, uh, what is he doing the podcast on? He, so David Terrio, he's an ultra runner. He's um, done a whole bunch of um, ultra marathons and hundred bilers and done very well. He's cool. on the ultra red team with us too, but next year he's going for the um, triple crown of ultra running, oh, which nice. is, which is um, three straight months. So there's, um, I can't remember what the races are called, but it's, it starts in August and it's three 200 mile races. Oh man. And they're all back to back <laughs> there. It's like August, September, October. <laughs> Jeez. Cause it, it start, I can't remember what the first one is, but it's a, I want to say it's the Tahoe trail 200. And then there's another 200 mile race. And then it ends with the Moab 240. Wow. So if anybody can do it though, it's him, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, good old Louisiana boy who started running and he's now like a really badass ultra runner. So shout out to him. He does. He just started. He he usually does like race recaps after he does um, races. Okay. And he would do blogs, but then he started a podcast. So because everybody's got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but David. it's called Run David Terrio. Okay, David Terrio, and what's it called? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Run the Riot Podcast. Because his last name's Terry. Yeah, Run the Riot. Because ah. his last name's Terrio. Right on. But it looks like The Riot. Yeah. 
<laughs> and he's got that that thick Cajun accent that comes out sometimes, and I'm like, oh, that kind of makes me homesick. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So yeah, to check that out. Yeah, he's only got a couple episodes out, but it's pretty good stuff. Speaking of Ultra, I have come to a couple of conclusions after Toughest and uh, coming the weeks since then. Uh-huh. I don't believe I'm going to be running in in ultras in mm-hmm. at world's toughest um sacrilege <laughs> i i just haven't been entirely pleased on long long runs like with heavy mud with mm-hmm. any of the it's like the king, any king of the mts hmm? with any of the models the different, the different yeah like... so king mts are great for shorter races and mm-hmm. mud and then mm-hmm. the long peaks are great for longer races with not so much mud. But yeah, I haven't found a, any model that I mean, I haven't tried the superiors, but I haven't had, found a model that mm, takes both of those things well. Yeah. Well, and it and our our sports kind of cr- tricky because we go through <laughs> like an obscene amount of mud, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you try talking to trail runners that are just strictly trail runners. And, you know, there are some pretty nasty courses out there, I'm sure. But like as far as like just going through really nasty courses, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> our, our sports kind of tricky about that. Um, so ultra team wise, so, yeah. do you have any suggestions? Um, I would say try the superiors. The superiors are kind of minimalist too, like the King MTs, but I find, um, they just feel cushier to me. I don't know why. Mm. Um, and I kind of like the superiors in that they don't have a tongue on them. So they don't like the tongues like built into the shoe. So it doesn't like get in the way or, you know, get shoved in the shoe or kind of weird or anything like that. Because I, I had that issue with my Lone Peaks at Toughest South was because I had done a race in one one of my pairs and it dried all funky and so it was really really stiff and so the tongue was kind of in this weird position until I got it <laughs> worked out again um <laughs> but I do like the superiors for um actually I I took my superiors on like a 14 mile run the other day and it was super comfortable no issues at all no blisters or anything and I that's one of the things I love about that model is that it doesn't have the tongue on the shoe. Okay. Um, I wasn't crazy about the temps. Like I said before, I did try the Olympus and they were so freaking. Yeah. They're super stacked high. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I was going to say the temps are like, they have more cushion than the lone peaks, but not as much as the Olympus. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, 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 I'm sorry. You said the temps do. The Olympus have more cushion than any shoe ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're basically <laughs> yeah. uh, platform shoes. Pillow, <laughs> running on pillows. <laughs> but I mean, they they have you know they have their application. I just haven't, for me, <laughs> found, <I> haven't <laughs> found found it. But um, I tried my temps. Now, granted, this was like the first version of the temps that they had come out with. I tried those at um, WTM last year, and I wore them for one lap, and that was it. And I couldn't, mm. I could, I just couldn't wear them anymore because they were too soft too cushy um Mm. they were almost a little too big so i think my sizing was an issue on those two i have not tried the newer model of the temps so i can't speak to like the updated version um so yeah but i i kind of found what i 
like what works for me is the Lone Peaks, the the RSM version, the mm-hmm. the rain, snow, and mud version because I like the traction that it gets. But that's what works for me. <laughs> I like I feel like I could run in those all day. Which I still don't understand because it's the same treads as the Lone Peaks. The Lone the regular Peaks. Lone Peaks. Yeah, the RSMs have the Max Track on them. On the from the picture, the it looked like the exact same. <laughs> they do look like the exact same shoe. <laughs> 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 just one is a little bit more expensive than the, no but no i think the 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 rsms have the stickier grip on the bottom they do have the okay. different sole <laughs> <laughs> i have compared them to my other regular lone peaks and they're my, my regular lone peaks look a lot more beat up on the bottom and they definitely <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well i so like i said i i'm not gonna run you know, I had my test at Toughest, and I'm not going <laughs> to run Ultra for Worlds. Uh, last year, I ran in uh, Agility Peak Flex 2, which is a Merrill shoe. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the longer distance brother of the uh, Agility. Wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Of the, crap, what was the, the Tough Mudder branded pair with the Merrill? A la Crush. It's the, yeah, oh, so yeah. it's the longer, longer distance brother of the All Out Crush. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know if they are still making the all out crush, but I didn't know that so. they were going to make any, you know, since Tough Motor and them broke up, I didn't know they were going to make any more of those brands or those mm-hmm. versions of those, what's the word, <laughs> styles. And I, I looked it up and sure enough, they, they made a three. So I got a pair of threes and that's what I'll be running in uh, nice. the world's toughest. The Agility Peak Flex threes and... They feel good, and I just wish they had a little bit wider toe box. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Once you get once you get in that ultra toe box, it's hard to go back to a regular <laughs> shoe. <laughs> so to continue that message, my running on you know running around town, running on concrete shoes. I've been running mm-hmm. in the uh, Torrens three point thighs, mm-hmm. and have loved 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 those shoes and. Well, most definitely once they fall apart, get the, you know, whatever the next version of the Torrens are because they, they have been great. Like, Interestingly I, enough, I find that the temps find that have like the same amount of cushion comparable to the Torrens, but interestingly enough, the Torrens originally were introduced as a trail shoe. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> With no traction at right. all or did they originally <laughs> yeah. have some tread? I think originally they had a little bit more tread than what they do now <laughs> but since they've inv- okay. evolved more into like a road shoe but yeah the very first few models of the of the Torrens were like introduced as um trail shoes <laughs> dang maybe I need to get some of those <laughs> right <laughs> I think you can still find them on Amazon where some of the descriptions say like Torrent trail like uh-huh. two 2.5 or something like that. I can't remember, but I think you can still up. find some on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, my, my Torrens are, uh, I think approaching 250 or 300 miles. So it's getting, getting about that time. Let's see, we've kind of gone off on some tangents here. <laughs> uh, so Spartan worlds. No, I'm just kidding. Let's not. Yeah. We talked about Spartan <laughs> OCR WSC. I think, Oh, OCRWC 2020 coming back in to Stratton, America, uh, North America, but it's going to be in, yeah, in the U.S. again for the first time since what, 2015? 15? Yeah. 
whenever it was in. I think so. In Ohio. Yeah. So that's cool. So we'll get to go. We won't Yay. have NORAM, at least not like maybe there'll be a Canada race. Maybe. I don't know. But um, can we get as an of Enduro? Now, <laughs> yeah. As, oh, that'd be cool. That as would now, be cool. No NORAM. <laughs> but um, OCRWC in the U.S. So that's awesome. Yay. So definitely going to be doing that for sure. Yes. Back on the mountain. Yeah. And, and according, you know, according to that team, according to like Brett Stewart and Adrian, like they've, they have ways to better use that mountain rather than just going straight up it and straight down it. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see that for OCRWC and have this it. intrigues me. I think I may want to go to that. <laughs> well, yeah, you better go to it. You've been <laughs> complaining about not getting to go to one. For the past I know, right? Years. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's, that's been one of the best the funnest times, you know, each year is going to that, especially, uh, you know, hanging out with, uh, Mike and Caitlin and yeah. like, we've hung out with Javier a bunch this, this year. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's good. Awesome. I've never been to Vermont. It's so tiny. Oh yeah. It's pretty. And it'll be later <laughs> in the year this year yeah. as opposed to what Noram was. So it'll be like August mm-hmm. in October. Yeah. It'll be more fall than anything. And so you'll mm-hmm. really get to see the, uh, the changing of the colors of the leaves. Leaf peeping is real, y'all. Can I just say that? I just want to say leaf <laughs> the leaf, peeping? the change. Yes, they call it leaf peeping. <laughs> I say like, this like it's like, like a huge a, revelation. A peeper, yes, a it's a peeper leaves? of leaves. Like whenever the leaves change <laughs> like, color. Like bird watching? <laughs> yes, like bird watching. They made such a big deal out of it out here. Oh, wow. Whenever, because like people were like, driving to the mountains to see the all the leaves changing colors and everything <laughs> like that. I'm like, oh my God, these people are legit going crazy for <laughs> the changing colors of the leaves because it literally lasts maybe a couple of weeks and then like all the winds roll oh, in yeah. from the for the winter and then all the leaves are gone. So mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of cool. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize it was a thing until I moved here and everybody's like, oh, you can see the changing colors at this place and at this place. And I'm like, <laughs> Wow, they are like they really have nothing else to report on on the news. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but yeah. All right. Well, that'll be something to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> last on the list here is WTM stuff. Yay! So you know this stuff has been covered all over the place already. Uh, as soon as this information has come out, Will Hicks has been all over it. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out. World's Toughest Podcast, and some of the stuff that I think even Matt has done at ORM. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, before, while I say ORM, let me talk just for a quick second about (laughs) (laughs) about those guys. Those guys. Um, I I find myself, you know, Davis and Chase is what I'm really speaking of, mostly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I find myself more times than not when I'm listening to them, like it's it's nice kind of having that, like, you kind of know them, you know, we've met them in person. And yeah. so you're kind of, kind of like acquaintances with them. <laughs> uh, we, we chat online about it, like on, on discord stuff. And it's, it's fun to sometimes be like, yeah, this is, you know, the topic and we agree about it and that's cool and fun. And then other times it's like, we, there's the topic and man, they are r- r- uh, ridiculous with their thoughts on it. And I think they're <laughs> idiots. And, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I can't tell 
I, I guess the times that I disagree with them stand out more. So I probably <laughs> feel like it's more times than not, but it's really not just, you know, <laughs> just here and there. Um, but there are times where I'm like, man, I, if I was there right now, I would give them such a correction on, <laughs> on that thoughts. Uh, uh, give them a the, harsh talking to. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but the biggest thing that I wanted to point out is that most recently in their latest episode, actually, Matt said that their platform was so unique and, <laughs> um, I forget what other words he used there, but <laughs> I disagree that <laughs> theirs is unique <laughs> in the sense that pretty sure that's what we're doing right now. Right. <laughs> discourse about topics. Two people. Discussing no, a topic. No interviews. I feel like that's been going on for a minute. <laughs> like. Probably since February of last year, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt's Matt's good at talking out of his butt, though. Yeah. But I mean, the guy yeah, the guy does do uh, a he's ton. He's good people, and uh, yeah, so definitely good people. Give him a give him a little jab there. That's yeah, all. but no, that'll actually be cool. We'll get to see them. You know, going back to world's toughest that we're talking about here. Yeah, we'll get to see him uh, come. You know, less than a month here, and awesome. I don't I don't think he'll be at the cat cafe, but. Um, I'm sure I'm the cool kids are going to be at the cat cafe. Let's be real. Are you going to make it to the cat cafe this time? <laughs> I, am, I I always have to be the last one to make it into town. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> what? So what is your plan? When are you going? <laughs> so we're flying out. Let me let me see my ticket. I'm pretty sure we're flying out like <laughs> that Thursday morning. So in the morning okay. this time. So- so you should be getting there in time. Yeah, I, I should know. be Are getting there in time for the or? cat cafe. <laughs> yeah, lunch at the cat cafe. Uh, we, you know, we should be there about noon. It's not lunch. We're not eating lunch there. Uh, there is no food. They have <laughs> coffees and. I didn't think that beverages. would be a very sanitary place to eat. <laughs> right, right. That is other people's concerns. Yeah, but yeah. That place is awesome. So as soon as we land, that's where we're headed Thursday. to the cat cafe. Yes, I arrive at just before lunchtime. Perfect. <laughs> so I'll get there just in time. <laughs> that's great. Cat cafe and then scooter rides around cat the belt cafe line and scooters right after. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, all the good stuff has been covered by uh, Will Hicks. The the stuff that I I just got excited about. Yeah. The mid-course quick pit. Yes. How cool is that? That's super cool. It's going to be like a big party you roll up on into in the middle of the course. Yeah. And, and <laughs> maybe it'll make it easier, but I I like I like how Will Hicks, he, he's got some good, like, thinks about it from a different angles. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, maybe, maybe not. Well, you know, maybe it'll be harder because you'll, you'll get there and it'll be comfy and you'll want to stay. And yeah. maybe they'll have heaters around coach and you'll want to get <laughs> by those heaters. So, um, you know, maybe not, maybe it, it won't be, it'll be a good spirit lifter for sure. But, oh yeah. Uh, maybe definitely. it'll be too enticing. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. But I, I kind of like the idea of getting <laughs> to break up the course a little bit. Just overall, I think it's a neat idea. And just yeah. for them to try something new like this is really cool. Yeah, definitely. So maybe, yeah, maybe it'll suck, but. 
It's it's a but there's always those times of the night. Yeah, there's always those times of the night where like nobody's really playing any music. There's nothing really going on in the pit, and you're like, oh, this is miserable. And then you (laughs) like roll up on into a party going on in the quick pit, (laughs) and so it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, so it kind of yeah, it's good to be there and like wake you up a little bit and be like, hey, I'm having fun. This is fun. (laughs) But but just like the regular pit, don't spend too much time in it. Correct. Unless yeah. there is a dance competition on stage to win a golden carabiner or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Which they have <laughs> hinted that there may be. So whatever challenge they have, maybe it's eat a Is box that of what they're doing as a bypass know. to Everest now? <laughs> <laughs> you have to like do the Macarena or something? <laughs> yeah. Did you see what they were doing as a bypass for electric sh- electroshock therapy at Tapas West? They were, bat, wasn't it? yeah, they were putting their, their foreheads on the bat and spinning <laughs> like 20 did, times. Did you still have to I do would... a penalty loop or? No, that was your penalty for not having to do um, EST. Like 20, 20 spins? 20 spins, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, shoot. That's uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> they, they've, you know, Kyle McLaughlin, he's been, McLaughlin, McLaughlin. 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 He, he's been saying that they've got some pretty interesting slash nasty stuff up their sleeves for the penalty <laughs> loops. So we shall see. I think they're yeah. going to make it extra nasty on Everest just because everybody made a big stink about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Anything else? I think that was the the coolest thing that I really that really stood out to me that. I'll, wanted to mention but i think they've they've done a great job of putting all that information out there and there's still more to come um you know that's well probably i'll probably look to try and record one more time before world's toughest yeah to talk about a lot of that stuff and of course it'll be covered elsewhere but uh you know it'll we'll, we'll be too excited so we got to talk about it <laughs> uh anything i'm looking through these notes real quick just to see anything else oh the, the the pit selection itself is mm-hmm. just the newest, coolest. Like, I love the fact that they're integrating technology into this. And <laughs> instead of us running out there and having to do a big old far and away moment and punch our horse big in the face and stab the flag all. into the ground, uh, <laughs> you get to actually just pick out your spot online. And I love that. it's based off of your contender status or, you know, whatever other status you have. Yeah. And we're hoping that once it opens up like you and so we we've got you know for anybody interested we've got a pretty <laughs> fun group i think we've got myself you mike uh, stefano and javier javier escobar all pitting and staying together and so since you and javier have contender status you two guys are going to get a good front seat front row seats for us mm-hmm. and then me and mike We'll get a couple spots board, together. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yes. That too. Like the, yeah. the whole pit is going to be not We're the whole pit. using the but horse stables. Yeah. There's going to be a big open space. Yeah. Uh, that's covered for the pits. Uh-huh. Like that's crazy. And no horse poop. <laughs> have, have they promised that? Yeah. I think I heard Kyle <laughs> mention that to Will. No horse poop. <laughs> it's going to be clean. <laughs> covered pit spots. You know, even if it's. A gorgeous time. That's still really awesome that they're doing that. And, and, and purposely to get everybody in a space that even if it does get wet and nasty, mm-hmm. that everybody's not going to be in a marshy, uh, nasty spot. Yeah. It'll be nice and dry. 
they said that the walk from the parking lot to there will be longer, but I think it's totally going to be worth it and I'm pretty worth excited it. about it. Worth it. Can we name our pit that, spots, our mashed up pit spots, the eco bar? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and somebody can bring uh, the our pit our pit crew can have shots of coffee to pass it or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. We'll uh, we'll we'll discuss that some more in the uh, our WTM group. So. Um, we're, we're hoping that that works out, you know, that we'll have our space uh, where we can store stuff, you know, maybe have yeah. the tents in the in mine and Mike's space. And then y'all's space will just be like where all of our gear for yeah. transitions and all that good stuff is. Definitely. I've got a bigger tent this year. <laughs> not, not a 50% um, tent. <laughs> yeah. And that stuff, you know, it's, it's hard to say, like, it, it I guess it, it, you always want it there in case somebody needs it, like especially right. for the pit crew. If y'all, if they need to get comfortable, then yeah. we want to have it there. But some people get crazy with those tents, man. They bring yeah. big guns. No, we went whenever we went camping. I, I wanted to buy a comfortable tent, so I got one that it's ten by ten, so it can fit in the pit space. <laughs> but can, more importantly, I can stand straight up in it without having to crouch down. Well, if you're bringing such, then I won't bring mine and. You can put your tent in my space and then that yeah. way, you know, if it's big enough, then anybody can use it. Yeah. I'll more than likely be bringing it. I'm going to try like okay. hell. <laughs> well, yeah. So technology and covered dry spaces. How, how awesome is that? Bonus. Pretty excited. Uh, lastly, unless you've got anything else, got no. two quick things. One the Endure Elite code, if I thought I feel like I mentioned this, maybe not. The Endure Elite code has changed. It is now just OCR talk. Gets you 10% off and gives us a little money for our giveaways. So if you want to, uh, you know, if you are buying some, go ahead and save your tax at least and uh, help us help all of our help the show have fun giveaways. And on that same note, it is time for another giveaway. Mike and Caitlin got, you know, Mike won the last one and, and I sent both bib boards to them and they got those. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, whatever next race they do that requires a bib, mm-hmm. uh, seeing them post, post their bib boards with the OCR talk on it. But we gave away a, a tank top cause it was, you know, into the summer. Now it's finally starting to get cold. Now it's time to give away some warm clothes. This time we're going to give away a hoodie. Nice. From our little OCR Talk store, we've got several different options for hoodies. So we'll, uh, you know, whoever wins will get uh, the options sent to them and color possibilities. One of them is like a zip up from the front and it's got OCR Talk on the back. Other ones are pullovers that have OCR Talk on the front. So lots of different options like men's cuts, women's cuts. Uh, They're all out there. So. Whoever wins gets their pick. Now, how how to win? How to enter? I wish I could incorporate um, the Dallas Ultra into it, but I, I don't know if I'm going to be going or not. <laughs> What's the temperature going to be for that? No, that's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's hmm. too easy to look up. Um, we've got a minute. Until, you know, the next episode, I think. So probably uh, at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> All right. The here's his. This should, could be a fun one. The world's toughest. They always put out a puzzle every oh, year. A puzzle piece. And they yeah. re, they release pieces mm-hmm. to uh, decide who, um, to show to reveal the map. Mm-hmm. This year, they have said on world's toughest podcast that it might be more pieces than we're used to in the past. So there might be more things, community challenges to reveal those pieces. Interesting. So the, the guess here is how many pieces will it be? Now we may not see, um, you know, the entire map until very close to world's toughest, Mm -hmm. but we should know how many pieces it is based off of in a general sense off of how many, uh, you know, once they start revealing them, yeah. Um, how many we get versus how many is left. So, which I think last year the, it was like something like 12 pieces or something like that. Something like that. So, it, if it's more, maybe it'll be 24, maybe it'll be more or less. So, that's kind of, um, <laughs> shoot. Yeah, we, if people guess the same thing again, that's going to mess us up. <laughs> um, well, hmm. just submit a guess, hmm. even if you just submit a guess. Um, if, uh, yeah, we'll do your that. Energy. If you submit a guess, and if there are multiple people your that energy. get it right, then to win that'll the go into the the <laughs> the wheel, the spinny wheel. Yeah, and the fun spinny uh, wheel we'll with give, the sound effects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll give till the next our next recording. Yeah. So by time we record next, which you know somewhere around two weeks from now, and hopefully we'll have seen pieces start get released by then, and hopefully. then that'll be. Uh, hopefully we'll have our answer by then. So you need to get in guesses, and if we have uh, an, a legit answer mm-hmm. by then, then everybody will know the answer, and you'll just all go into the drawing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So submit guesses. Submit guesses through direct messages, not in comments to anything. Yeah. I don't want to have to keep track of all that. So it's got to be straight through <laughs> email, Instagram, or email, Facebook. Instagram, Facebook slide that answer right into our DM. <laughs> Why is that a thing? That's so silly sounding. <laughs> no picks necessary or requested, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's another topic. Anyway, yes, we're going to We won't go there. Next time. <laughs> All right. It is time for dinner. Yes, indeed. It's getting this chilly. has been fun. Glad we were able to catch up yeah. on all this stuff. <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, it's been a minute. Time to, I don't know. We got, we still got another minute. So yeah. see you in the next minute and we'll, uh, we'll be back and um, go buy some Duralink. Get, uh, get your training. Just, uh, I don't know, get dialed in and start, start tapering soon. Yep. Sometime here. I'm excited to see everybody. I'm like super excited. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're all we're all pumped and jacked. Jacked on and early. All right, I just gotta let my mouth leg (coughs) heal up. Awesome. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. I think OCR. Uh, what is the name of that race? OCR race. OCR. Shoot. It's just like the name of the race is OCR something. God dang it. It's very simple, but the but they've got really challenging obstacles. OCR. Yeah. In Europe. Uh, 
OCR crap. <clears throat> mm. It's it's so basic it doesn't come up for any search. <laughs> what is it? It's got to come up here. Come on now. Are you serious? Uh it's it's like I can I can picture the logo and everything. It's just not coming to me. Mm. OCR series. Yes, that's it. OCR series. <laughs> Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.